Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia will keep you on budget and on track so you can plan your big day without the big price tag. Happy Q&A episode. Alicia here. I am the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you've never listened to the podcast before, well, then you've got a lot of catching up to do. Let's be honest. Between you and me, you've got over 60 episodes to crack on and go back into the back catalogue. And that is the beautiful thing about this wedding podcast. I'm trying to keep them all the episodes quite general in the sense that you can return to episode one and listen without it dating too much. It's not an 80s wedding dress, this podcast. I guarantee you that I try and keep it all very uh, informative, but general enough that you can crack on back and learn and hopefully have a bit of a laugh along the way. If you haven't uh, Google stalked me yet, I don't want to assume that you have because that's a little bit on myself. But if you don't know much about me, I'm a stand-up comedian from Australia. I live in London with my lovely husband, Rich. We moved here one year ago and the accent will be here forever. People always, you know, the funny thing is I go, I work in television as well, just quietly. And the one thing that the Brits love to say, and they think it's hilarious, is when they hear my accent, they say, are you from New Zealand? And uh, they don't say it like that because they go, are you from New Zealand? Is that where you're from? And they think I would take great offense to that. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't worry me. I like New Zealand people. We're friends. We've got no problems. So, you know, next time you meet an Australian and you think that's offensive, like saying a Canadian is an American and vice versa, don't bother. We don't care. There it is, my message from me to you. So the show is all about helping you save time, money, and your sanity when planning a wedding. I think the wedding industry is great, but I also think it can be manipulative and a little uh, like a bitchy friend. In the sense, you sometimes for some reason, crave her attention. You want to impress her and you sometimes will go and buy a dress perhaps that you don't necessarily need. But, you know, Stacy, your friend, your bitchy friend from high school went, ah, uh, if you don't have that dress, um, you're not going to fit in with us. So you need to do that. Okay. And so uh, that's what all Stacy's from high school. That's what they all sounded like. I think we all know whether your Stacy's called Natasha or perhaps she's called Bridget. We all had a bitchy friend like that, that you really think as an adult, I shouldn't have been friends with her. She was an awful human being. And, you know, when we look at now, where are the Stacys and Natashas now? Nowhere. That's right. They were really pretty. They had great hair and great skin while you were perhaps a little chub and your hair didn't do what it's supposed to have done. But you're the one that's succeeding now. And Stacy and Natasha's working in admin in some shitty industrial estate. Okay, clearly I'm venting there. Let's move on. Let's move on to today's Q&A episode. I wanted to start by just a little bit of feedback. I love when you contact me. Victoria Everingham uh, posted on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page. If you're not connected, you're missing out. I'm building a lovely little community. I sound like Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. I'm building a community. You are my people out there. It's really just a page I created to obviously share my favorite wedding posts. I follow a lot of people on Facebook, a lot of magazines and blogs, and it's a really nice way for me to curate some of my favorite posts and share them with you. So if you're going 
to instead of you know you following all those people follow me and I'll share you share with you the best of the best and you won't have to be inundated so Victoria wrote I love your podcast thank you Victoria especially the quote budget wedding part I think we should banish the name to the black lagoon oh Victoria I now what Victoria is referencing is last week Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I had a wonderful post um, from a, a listener who said how shitty she felt when people referred to budget weddings when they were still spending 15 and 20 grand and they're saying, oh, we're having a budget wedding, when in fact, I think even $10,000 is a lot of money or pounds. We, we're not biased on currency on this show. It's just a lot of money to be spending on a six-hour party, which fundamentally all a wedding is, is a big knees up with your friends and family. And you might wear quite an expensive dress that you would never purchase in real life. So I think she's totally right. And Victoria, I'm so glad that that sort of uh, worked with you. You agree with that because I think the term budget is bandied around and it's not necessarily true. To me, budget is fitting into what you consider to be a reasonable amount of money. It's not conforming to any ideas and ideals that is spread by mainstream wedding media because I sometimes think they get it wrong. We had a great conversation on the show and I would implore you to go back and listen to my interview with Rachel Wilkerson-Miller from BuzzFeed. Rachel has also written, she's a journalist, and she has written for A Practical Wedding, which is one of my favorite wedding blogs. If you haven't visited, I think it's a practicalwedding.com, then I would say spend some time there because it's really intelligent journalism. It's all about weddings and beyond. They do a lot of other um, posts about after-wedding, budgeting, finances and feminism, which is something I think we should all be involved in a lot more and equality, especially when it comes to relationships. But Rachel used to write for A Practical Wedding and now she heads up BuzzFeed Weddings and it's wonderful to see so many positive posts coming out of that platform and I share them all the time. But they also talk a lot about about what it means to plan a wedding using unique, I hate using that word because it doesn't really, unique doesn't really mean anything, but different ideas and cutting corners when it comes to money and sharing great Etsy posts and also sharing wonderful real weddings uh, of people who have implemented these sort of great money-saving ideas and haven't come out the other end in debt and feeling really bad about themselves because the worst thing, and I think I've said this quote before, but the best thing that you can have is a champagne hangover the next day after your wedding and not a, a money hangover, not a debt hangover. You don't want to wake up with that awful pit in your stomach thinking, how the hell are we going to pay off this wedding? You'd be surprised how many people will go to the bank and borrow money for a party over going to the bank and borrowing money to buy a house or a car or trying to, you know, pay off student loans. It really surprises me how many people get themselves into deep financial shit for this one day. It's not worth it, guys. It is not worth it. Um, okay. So Victoria, thank you so much for sending that through. Also, Ingrid wrote to me and she said, 
Alicia, I just listened to your podcast about Chinese traditions and the little red envelopes. That was a Q&A episode a couple of weeks ago, Ingrid. You are very right. I answered a, a lovely listener's question about integrating wedding traditions with different cultures. She says, it was very interesting and it got me thinking about wedding traditions in lots of countries, which may be very different to the United Kingdom where Ingrid seems to be based. She says, we are having a civil ceremony on the beach in Australia. Oh, I love it. And I was wondering what traditions from other cultures we might include in our wedding. And she asks the forum, because this is where people discuss these wonderful things. Has has Australia got any traditions that would be different from ones to the UK? Our celebrant is Irish, and she has a number of suggestions of things we could include in our ceremony, which we think might be Irish. Oh, I'd be intrigued to know what specifically Irish people do differently. Fascinating. She goes on to say, uh, for example, okay, so she says, unfortunately, many of the details might be impractical because they have to take them home to the UK. It is a long journey. You've got to pack a bag. She says exchanging roses, which could be pressed. That's nice. And making a vase of colored sand to keep. Right, fine. I don't think there's cust- I don't think customs would allow us to take either of them home. Lol. Just really interested in other customs. Love to hear more about customs. That I can do, Ingrid. I shall prepare a podcast specifically about that. And also it got me thinking about how people are combining customs in a similar way to um, my lovely listener who wrote to me about the Chinese red envelope, asking her Western guests as well as her Chinese guests for contributions, following that tradition in Chinese ceremonies, and I know other cultures do it as well. So that's really nice. It's a great idea, Ingrid, and I thank you very much for that suggestion. And I will pop on and do some research and bring you an episode specifically about integrating customs and cultural traditions in perhaps, I want to say Anglo, it's a very Australian thing to say, in your Western wedding. How we can take inspiration from other cultures and customs and integrate them into your wedding to make it extra special. Of course, all of your weddings will be extra special because they're yours. There you go. No judgment there. Shall we move on with the wedding podcast Q&A episode? I think we shall. I really do. Twitter is my social media. Well, one, I mean, I love Facebook as well. I probably spend far too much time on Facebook. I met my husband on Facebook. If you don't know that story, I would pop back to episode, I think it's number one, where I talk about why I am doing this wedding planning podcast and learn a little bit about my backstory because it's unusual. Let's be honest. It's probably not your standard boy meets girl uh, tale, but I have certainly... I've milked that story in the sense I wrote a stand-up comedy show about it called How to Get Rich, which I performed at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and lots of fringe festivals all over the place. And um, we've certainly enjoyed the telling the story to people when they ask, how did you meet? And uh, it all came from a Facebook comment and we were on different sides of the world and eventually we came together and got married. So there it is. That's the story. Now, uh, yeah, Twitter. That's what I was saying. Twitter is one of my favorite social media places to hang out and connect. I get lots of lovely quick Q&A questions just uh, sent to me via Twitter. So if you don't want to write a big, long email to me, which I do love getting, don't get me wrong. But if you just got something quick to ask, just tweet it at me. 
and uh, we'll get that rolling. So first question of the day. Well, look, it's lovely, actually. It comes from Catherine. She says, Hey, Alicia, thank you so much for your fabulous podcast. I started listening a few months before my wedding, and I got some really excellent advice and lots of laughs. Well, that's really lovely. Thank you so much, Catherine. She says, it was nice just to be reminded that it was okay to focus on just what my partner and I were looking for for the day and not worry so much about what everyone else thought. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, to me, honestly, Catherine, before I go into the depths of your email here, if that's what you got from that, my job is done. It's exactly why I do this podcast. It's exactly why I want to communicate with all of you that it's, it's, this is the point. It's about you guys, girls and boys, boys and girls, girls and girls, boys and boys standing there together and just saying, this is, we love each other. The end. Catherine says, now that I'm about a month past our wedding, I am still listening to the podcast and loving it, but I'm finding myself in a bit of a funk. The post-wedding blues, you might call it. I was wondering if you, if you or your wise guests or other listeners might have some advice on how to get over this hump. We were on such a high on the days leading up to the wedding and the wedding itself was full of so much love and support. I would love to be surrounded by that feeling every day and it's a bit of a letdown now that it's all over. Love from Colorado, Catherine. Now, this is superb. Firstly, Catherine, thank you so much for continuing to listen to this podcast because I don't expect everyone to come back. You know, I realize I am in your lives for a short period of time. And yes, there will be a new podcast coming soon. I will stop banging on about it until it actually happens. It's coming, let's just say. But Catherine, this is such a common problem because... I'm going to be honest with you. I felt this. I felt on our honeymoon, we left for our honeymoon straight away. Now, this is one suggestion I'm going to come in and and hit you with straight away is postpone that damn honeymoon because it's really nice to have something to look forward to. Now, we should be just looking forward to life in general. That's how it works. But it's, it's really hard when you have become so focused and you put your head down and you work really hard on making this wedding happen. And I know it, it becomes a huge part of your life. It becomes a routine. And I'm not saying that in a Debbie Downer way. It's nice to be able to come home and check the mailbox and see if you have a RSVP that's being sent back. I mean, that's sort of thrilling when that stuff starts to trickle in. And you look forward to perhaps receiving an email from your wedding planner or maybe not always receiving quotes from vendors. Sometimes that can be a little disheartening, but it really becomes part of your daily life, organizing this big event. And you're right, Catherine, in the lead up to the wedding, it's sort of like the lead up to a birthday. You feel expectation, there's a buzz, there's a bit of adrenaline, you feel that feeling in your tummy that, you know, that sort of nice little sparkle that you get where you go, oh, this thing is coming up and I know it's going to be amazing and I've had these amazing thoughts. You know, I, I'm an only child. I love sitting on the on the train or on the bus with music on and podcasts where I'm imagining things that are going to happen. I think that's the most special part of being a human being is this idea of of forethought and imagery and imagination it's really it's really a great little escape and when it all happens and 
you have all of your friends and family around you, you get lots of attention, which you know is a big part of the day. Some people loathe that attention, but even as Nova and I said a couple of weeks ago in our episode about confidence, that attention that you receive during your wedding planning and the lead up to the big day and then on the wedding day is something that's really hard to replicate again in your life. A lot of people aren't involved in performing arts. You're not getting up on stage and having that glow and having people write speeches about you. I mean, it's not Game of Thrones. They're not writing songs and speeches about you and your everyday life. So it is that sort of peak that you get to and you feel really good about yourself and really good about being married to this person that you love and sharing a meal and toasts and celebrations. So it is perfectly natural after this this event occurs to feel a little sad and a little bit depressed that it's not here anymore. I don't know if anyone out there listening has perhaps been involved in being in a play, whether it's at school or maybe some amateur theatre, or maybe you're a professional actress or actor listening to this. Good on you. It's a hard job. But I equate post-wedding blues a little bit like after being involved in a show and feeling so on a high for having a successful run and feeling like you've really achieved something. And then the next day you wake up and you go, oh, I don't have to go back to the theatre anymore. I can forget all my lines. There's no adrenaline. There's no curtain call. I won't be seeing the cast anymore every day. We won't be going through that routine. I feel a little sad. Perhaps it's another way we can equate it to reading a really good book that you are so excited to get into bed at night and and open that book and read it and go on that journey and escape to that world. And then you finish the book and you're like, shit, that's done. I'm not going to see those people anymore in my mind. I'm not going to experience the highs and the lows of that. So when I said at the beginning of this segment, uh, very casually, perhaps it's good to postpone your honeymoon. I say it from the opinion that the honeymoon obviously is a really nice way to relax and come down from the high of the wedding. But then again, it's also perhaps a good opportunity to, yeah, take a couple of days off after your wedding, but maybe book it for a month or two down the track and then have something like that to look forward to as an extension of your wedding. Now, We all have to come back to reality. We all have to come back to the idea that we're not planning a wedding anymore. And hopefully from that celebration and what I really learned from our wedding is how much I bloody love our friends and family and how much we sometimes neglect seeing them in everyday life and how much bringing them all together really meant to Rich and I and seeing them all laughing and celebrating and seeing our worlds collide, friends from different areas of our life connecting and meeting and having a nice time together. It really made me realize how we can sort of ignore doing that. We can ignore creating these moments where we're bringing people together. Now, I am the first person that says, and especially I live in London, it's a really busy city, and we always joke that it can take you an hour to get anywhere. But how easy it is to say, oh, I'm not going to go and meet my friend for dinner tonight because I would rather not sit on a train for an hour or sit in traffic for an hour. I'll go home and watch Netflix. But when I feel like that, 
I feel a little bit sad that I, it's so easy to remove that opportunity to be with friends and family. Because Catherine, when you sort of said the high of the wedding, I think if we could sit down and have a conversation about this, the high is probably, yes, the attention that you received on your wedding day. Who doesn't love it? Even people that don't really like attention will come out and say, oh, that was pretty amazing. So Catherine, thinking about trying to come down off that high, but also maintain some of that glow and the energy that you got from planning a wedding. My advice, and I'm trying to take it myself more in real life. I guarantee you, I'm always trying to, you know, I'm not always sticking to my advice. I'm a, I'm a human. I make mistakes and I could probably do with a little bit more motivation for myself, but that is, if you enjoyed planning this event and getting these people together and having a really nice time as a group, then perhaps use that in your real life. Plan weekends away with friends and family. Airbnb is a great place to go and hire a cabin or hire some sort of house in an interesting place and say, okay, in six months time, we are going to get 20 of our friends that were at the wedding together and we're going to make an effort and all come together and have a bit of a reunion, a bit of a, a bit of a good time. Get your playlist from the wedding, get it all happening. I'm not saying replicate the wedding because that would be losery and it never works out in a positive way. Trust me. Once you've had an amazing night to try and redo it again, it's a bit Groundhog's Day. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it tonight on Netflix. It's one of my favorites. It's amazing. But to replicate that sort of feeling of, well, organizing something for starters, but also having something to look forward to with that group of people, I think that's pretty magic. It's pretty special. We, unfortunately, Rich and I are living in another country from where all of our friends and family are. And I think about our wedding so much. And it's not, to me, the wedding itself that I think about. It's that joy that I felt seeing all those people in one place and having a little cheeky champagne toast and having a laugh and dancing like fools. That's what I remember remember, and I really cherish from the day. And Rich and I will often sort of say, when we have that wedding reunion, and I really, I plan to do it. We're going to organize it. So that's my advice to you, Catherine. Keep busy and try and find an event, try and, and and use this wonderful high that you're feeling after the wedding and put it into a different activity. Be the social butterfly, be the, the anchor that is the person that is creating these events to bring those people back together because we do get slack. Like I said, it's easier to turn on Netflix and put on stretchy pants than make an effort and organize something. But you obviously organized an amazing wedding. So take that time and and do that. And also, wedding planning people, you are listening, who are not married yet, think ahead. I know you're trying to plan a wedding, but, but listen to Catherine's advice as well. And think ahead of things that you can plan for three months, six months after the wedding to keep that energy going. Maybe you're thinking, oh shit, Alicia, I don't want to plan another thing ever in my whole fucking life because I'm sick to death of doing it. Fine. But I guarantee you will be probably feeling a little bit like, oh, oh, that's a bit sad the day after and the weeks after and uh, put that energy into something else. Gee whiz, Catherine, I can't thank you enough for continuing to listen to my little podcast. It means so much to me 
that I, well, helped you out and also that you're coming back. I think also the good thing about this podcast and what I'm really trying to do is expand. As you'll know, a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode with Ginger from Girls Just Want to Have Funds, the most apt and appropriately named website on the planet, all about helping you with your finances. So I am trying to expand a little bit with the podcast in giving you more general help with life, <laughs> life after weddings, and also encouraging you to expand your horizons and and learn a bit about other cultures and also other traditions when it comes to wedding planning and beyond. If you have some advice about dealing with the post-wedding blues, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got some really cool activities that you have planned to avoid that in advance. Maybe you're very well prepared. Maybe you also are a wedding vendor and you have been married for a while and you have some advice that you want to spread. I know I've got lots of lovely wedding vendors that listen to the show and I always appreciate hearing from you. If you have a question, a statement, something you want to share with me, please get in touch. Gee, I love it. Save the date podcast.com is where you will find all the information about how to get in touch with me. Also, all of the show blogs are there. I write a cheeky little blog post for every show, which I include links, tips, discounts, all that sort of stuff in each post. If we aren't friends on Facebook yet, let's do that. Let's connect. I promise I don't have a baby to post baby photos of. I also don't have a cat because I'm hideously, hideously allergic to them. So I promise there'll be no babies, no cats, just wedding stuff and links to blogs and posts that I find inspiring. I'm sort of curating it, I like to say. Curating all of my favorite Facebook posts and wedding-related things in one place. So that's... What I want to encourage you to do, if you haven't downloaded your copy of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Guide to Getting Hitched, I encourage you to do it because it's free. It's my book. I wrote and it uh, was sold. It still is sold in the shops, sold in bookshops, but I'm giving it to you for free as a thank you for being a loyal Save the Date Wedding Podcast listener. If you visit savethedatepodcast.com, you will see a little pop-up, a pop-up, she says, um, that will come in. I'm sorry if you find it annoying. Simply click the X if you've already downloaded the book. Get rid of it. Uh, and then it will basically subscribe you to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast mail out. I will include you uh, on an email that I send out every weekend telling you what's coming up on the show. And also you will receive a copy of the book sent to you in PDF form to your mailbox, which you can read on uh, your device, whatever device you choose. So, that is the show for this week. I thank you so much for listening. I hope you've learnt. I hope you've laughed. I hope you've had a nice time. And until next we meet, the episode next time will be all about flowers. And, uh, well, a little bit of, I've got a lovely interview with a florist um, who will talk a bit about how to use, and I love, she uses the word foliage. When I say green stuff, she says we've got foliage, how to, to perhaps not necessarily use flowers, how to get a bit creative with your floral additions to your wedding. It's a really good episode. And uh, also I talk about how to save money when, when choosing flowers because I know it can be incredibly expensive. Until then, I bid you adieu. I bid you happy wedding planning. Happy days.
The Save the Date Wedding Podcast is and always will be absolutely free. All we ask you to do is subscribe, rate, and review.